0: So there you have it. Wow. Uh, This was a uh, total beatdown, as you know. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Folks, it's all going down at the FanDuel Sportsbook and Lounge at Live Casino, where you can get in on all the action this football season. Bet on your teams with a sportsbook rep or at our self-service kiosks, and then jump into the stadium on our giant 40-foot video wall. How's that for a touchdown? Join your friends at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Bet, watch, and win. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And I don't know what sort of insight I have for you guys that you didn't see. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to buzz through my game notes here. Um... Saw it was very windy. I did the Steelers pregame show, and Missy Matthews was on it before me, says so really, really windy. Maybe you won't see that on TV. I think it was windier than it looked on TV. And I had a question going into the game. Pickett handle wind question mark. Thought he did. Um, all in all, I don't think he was the reason they lost. I thought this was a promising game by Kenny Pickett in his first start in a really rough situation, obviously, and playing from behind. Um, another young youngster here, you know, the Marvin Leal basically got the start in a four-man front. Um, Highsmith on one side, him at the other defensive end, two defensive tackles in the beginning, knocked down pat two passes. Um, so that was good to see from him. Special teams, I just have exclamation mark. Massive in this game. Um For both teams, but massive, massive implications with special teams, including kicking in the wind, fielding kicks in the wind, fielding punts in the wind, all those great things. Um, Again, I'm just kind of buzzing as I watched it, and I'm going to do my usual stock up, stock down, thumbs up, thumbs down type of deal, too. Um, I like to usually start these Sunday episodes with, you know, second half stats, but you know, or halftime stats, but this game was thirty-one to three at the half. I mean, Allen was fourteen of twenty-four for three forty-eight at the half, four touchdowns and a pick. Um, Davis was two for two catches for one sixty, two touchdowns, yards per play. Steelers were sorta of respectable at four six. I mean, I'm not even sure the offense was awful in this game, all in all. Buffalo was at 11.8 yards per play in the first half. 11.8 yards every time they snapped the ball. Steelers ran for 18 yards in the first half. The Steelers' running game is really putrid. I mean, really putrid. And I think people know when to tee off on it. It's often after they run the ball a very high percentage after pre-snap motion. And I think the world knows it. The run blocking certainly isn't great. Najee Harris isn't great. But they came out with big personnel against Nickel, and I kind of like that approach. I mentioned that on Friday. Really did nothing on the ground, um, and then the game got away, and it didn't matter. Bill's only 53 rushing at the, yards at the half, but who really cares? It didn't matter. Um, they weren't trying to run the ball. But total yards at halftime, 400 to 139. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's probably easier for me to just kind of talk about a few of these things. They're 0-8 without Watt. I mean, that says volumes. I, I Again, you don't need me to tell you his importance or how good he is. And they're trying to make up for it with Leal, and that's fine. You know, Liao's going to be a thumbs up guy for me. And Reed is now being relegated, it looks to, or at least in this game, to third and long situations. He's not really the answer. I was expecting a little more out of him. Um, I'm curious to see what he looks like when Watt's in there as a a rotational piece. Uh, Here's a number from this game, though, that's just unacceptable, which which ties in with being 0-8 without Watt. Allen was only hit once in this game. only hit once. Pressured three times. I mean that's unacceptable. And because they threw the ball deep, they threw the ball a lot, and you got nothing against him. Against not a great or offensive line either. Um, Drops and letdowns by the wide receivers, Claypool and especially Deontay, not Pickens, are becoming more and more regular. Um, Kenny didn't get as much help. You know, you would think it's the other way around. You know, the quarterback didn't help the quarter, the receivers. But in this game. I thought it was the other way around, which in a way, and really, and folks, really what we should care about, especially his next couple games until the bye is Kenny's development. And I thought he was good. I mean, considering everything, considering drops, Deontay not helping him very often, but Deontay does great things too, you know, but um, I don't know. This is a hard podcast for me. You guys usually know I've I can get into things, but I just don't know what I have to to add to things that you guys might have not have already seen. I mean, the the Bills had 552 yards of offense and 38 points after being held to 19 and 20 points the last two weeks. You know, like this offense wasn't humming like crazy the last two weeks. Steeler D was so bad, and the one thing I'm excited to talk to you guys about, I assume tomorrow, are the defensive snap counts for the Steelers. I mean, they had to be so ugly, and what I mean by that is who's getting meaningful meaningful snaps, especially late in games? Um, They had a lot of bad defensive football players out there Far too much. And injuries, of course, are the biggest culprit. But they need the defensive depth is a little questionable. You know, like big picture when we're talking about offseason needs, I'm leaning more and more towards fixing the defense as opposed to helping the offense. You know, and they'll probably have a lot of resources to do both. But I think Tomlin said it great. And we're going to get up to these stock up, stock down type guys in a minute. But he said something along the lines of in his his press conference that it's really hard to evaluate individual performances when you're getting smashed. They just got crushed. They got smashed. He recognized it. The world recognized it. You recognize it. I recognize it. And it is. I mean, there is some merit to that whole burn the tape thing. I don't think that's the case, of course. I mean, they're never going to do that, especially with the rookie quarterback's first start. I think there's a lot of positive that will actually come out of that tape on the offensive side of the ball, especially the quarterback. Not that he was perfect, but it's hard to evaluate individual performances in such a lopsided game. So, uh, I'm going to take a quick break here. This isn't going to be a super long podcast. Um, Again, I don't have a ton to tell you that you don't already know after such a debacle. Um, But let's, let's take a quick break. We'll come back up and talk about some thumbs up guys. And as you can imagine, more thumbs down guys. thumbs up guy and probably will be the the stress of my week is really evaluating his play but on first blush as I said I think Pickett was better than expected Mm, Passed the test you know wind playing from behind you know no running game drops (laughs) the opponent I mean all those things were you know fighting against him and he still moved the football and looked the part And even Romo said time and time again, like, Steer's got something here in this dude. And I agree. Um, I think Warren is a thumbs up guy. And again, when you're getting smashed, it's hard to evaluate individual performances. But there was a couple backup types late in the game that I thought were doing good things against prevent defenses in a blowout. You know, I mean, obviously there's a huge asterisk there. Um, But George Pickens... Is a star <laughs> showed it again today. Um, Pickett and Pickens to me are great building blocks. So again, you know, let's give some positives here. Uh, I'm going to put Gentry and Hayward in that bucket with Warren. Um, I know Gentry gets more regular snaps, but Hayward, once Fryermuth came out, did a couple good things and looked like the player at training camp I saw as a route runner and quickness for the tight end position. So Warren, Gentry, Hayward contributed it in the fourth quarter in a productive, positive manner. I mean, I'm reaching a little. You guys get that? I thought pass protection was pretty darn good on first blush as well. Across the board, um not Dan Moore so much, but across the board against a lethal pass rush that was playing with the lead at home in a loud stadium for the whole time, I'm going to give pass protection a thumbs up. Mentioned Liao earlier. Uh, I think you know he didn't stand out in a massive positive way, but he's demanding more snaps. They like him. He's getting his hands up. I don't think he's an explosive edge rusher. I mean, asking him to play TJ Watt is a little bit out of character, but he's capable. So all this experience, I think, is paying off for the first three picks. That's for sure. It's nice that guys that are getting thumbs up are your first three draft picks, you know, and your next draft pick could be showing up soon here, too, in Austin. Uh, Last thumbs up is uh, standing up for your your teammates, you know, uh, the fights at the end. Um, I don't think that that was Hamlin trying to destroy his former pit teammate or anything like that, but I loved how Daniels and company reacted. Um, I really had a problem, not that it was malicious, but it was very dangerous. The, the dive at pick Pickett's uh, knee late in the game, but I liked that the Steelers' competitiveness, pride, Got, you know, showed up there and just didn't allow it to be okay. I mean, in frustration as well. I mean, I get it. Um, thumbs down. I think you got to start pointing the finger at Najee Harris. I mean, his blocking wasn't tremendous in the run game. I'll give you that. He didn't have a ton of opportunities. I just don't see him get many much much yardage that just about any other back in the league doesn't get. You know, I don't see him creating. I don't see him being hard to tackle. Um Warren has more juice than he does right now, and that's a compliment to Warren, but it's also a knock on first back drafted a year ago. Deontay has to be a down because there's too many occurrences. It seems like every game where you say, boy, he should have caught that one or secured it a little better. We know his history of drops. I've brushed that off a little more than most analysts have in the past because You get drops whenever you get targets and targets are earned. And a lot of his targets are in high contested areas, especially in the Roethlisberger era. But this trend is a little rough for me. Mentioned Dan Moore. Um, There's a chance he only had two or three bad snaps. Um, So I'm not going to single him out massively, but I don't know how you can ignore those several bad snaps. Um, late in the game against Von Miller, who's awesome, and in a crowded stadium with a big deficit. So not the easy situation for him either. Also a second-year player, but he didn't play well. Pass rush is a massive thumbs down to me. Uh, I mean, they should be able to generate more than three pressures and more, more than one quarterback hit. You know, I mean, even late in the game when it didn't matter, they didn't get after him. I mean, the pass rush to me really... Is bad I mean I'm not get, I'm not seeing much interior pass rush I saw very little from Highsmith in this game um yeah wad'll fix it but you know <laughs> you got to do better than that um bush is an easy guy to pick on I didn't think he was horrible but he did find his way in his thumbs down category for me looked a little overwhelmed from what I saw didn't make any splash but his partner in crime Spillane, it, I've said this so many times, he can't be on the field in defense and try to guard anyone man to man. That's for sure. And they do. It looked like they played a lot of man again in this game, but he is a target all the time. I think you have to call out Boswell, who's a stud, but he missed two in this one, and he's missed a few this year. You know, and not the easiest conditions in in the uh, the wind. But I also think coaching. I think his Tomlin's decision to kick the first field goal, the second one almost didn't matter because the game had no chance of being won at that point is inexcusable. I mean, he drives me crazy with clock management, with game management, kicking field goals when you're down that much, punting on fourth and one type of thing. It's way too regular. I mean, It's almost like they've never looked at any kind of analytics in this at all. And I'm not saying analytics is king. Don't get me wrong. But some of these are so glaring and just waving the white flag and just far too conservative. And I think the play calling by Canada was far too conservative, too. You're down heavy and you come out, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. You know, I mean, holy smokes, you know, (laughs) When, when the game is still a chance you can win. But, man. Um, thumbs down, big plays. I mean, again, Buffalo deserves lots of thumbs up. They they their whole team could be loaded with thumbs up, including Josh Allen. And they're gonna win a lot of games maybe or maybe win the Super Bowl. Kinda thought that went without saying with this team before I got into this, you know, podcast, but the big plays allowed. Holy cow. I mean, big plays in general, thumbs down, thumbs down. And injuries. From what it looks like, Steelers got ravaged by injuries in this game. I mean when that game concluded, Minka was their only defensive back in their top five nickel package. You know, all three top corners and Edmonds, who didn't play, and Spoon didn't play. Okanjobi got hurt. Fryermuth looked bad on a concussion. I mean, like, that could could that be multiple weeks? I mean, mostly on the defense, which does excuse a little of this. You know, you're playing borderline dudes and Jackson, who I didn't even honestly know was on the team until he got beat on that touchdown. You know, so you're playing guys that don't deserve to be on the field against what's an elite football team. But, I mean, injuries are going to be something to talk about this week. There's no question about that, but that's brutal. So I'm recording this right before the Sunday night game. Um, I mentioned that because it's a divisional game. We got Bengals-Ravens. I think the Bengals win that one, but that might sound stupid by the time you hear this. Um, And I think those two are clearly the best teams in the division. But the Brownies did lose, uh, despite Brandon Staley for the Chargers. Talk about the opposite in terms of analytics and coaching decisions. I mean, trust me, you can go too far. Case in point, he tried to hand the game to the Browns with a really dumb late coaching decision, and their rookie kicker missed it. But that was a very competitive game. Chargers-Browns, they got the loss, though. So... (laughs) Again, I mean, talking about the division implies they have, the Sealers, have a chance to win it. They absolutely do not. Um, the stance I've been taking all week before this game is do what you can for these four. And by the way, Miami is in trouble, too. So that that's not part of the murder's row to me anymore. But Tampa is and Philly is. Get to the bye and hopefully much optimism stems from after the bye with your young quarterback in progress week after week after week. And frankly, I'm predicting that. But uh, this week is not going to be easy to do my job. I can promise you that. It's not going to be easy as a Steeler fan for the next couple weeks. But there is a light at the end of this tunnel. I mean, this is not one of these teams where You went all in. I mean, this was going to be their version of a rebuild either way. It's worse than expected. They also lost some games that could have, should have maybe won early. Not the Browns game, but the other two. Also could have, should have maybe lost to the Bengals. Um, For a while there, I didn't think they were a bottom five type of team. There's some really bad teams in the league, but they are definitely a bottom seven or eight type of team right now. Uh, especially when you factor in the injuries and who's playing and who isn't. But I think KZ is close and Watt is probably two weeks, I'm guessing, something like that. But I think you have to look at this in a different light because you have a first-round quarterback now for the first time in 20 years. And what I think he's doing is going pretty well. (laughs) So miserable game. Um, There is certainly a burn-the-tape feel to it an embarrassing feel to it, but we'll dig deeper into this and what this team is going forward. And maybe we'll go around the league for one of these podcasts this week too. And just stray a little bit away from the Steelers. So that's a wrap. Uh, I will talk to you tomorrow.